Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's a Monday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We've got Ray Fittipaldo on. We're going to break a few things down. Just how ready are the Steelers after their preseason run is over for the regular season as they take on the San Francisco 49ers in two weeks? We'll address the Kevin Dotson trade where the Steelers traded him away for draft capital and what that actually means for the Steelers offensive line. And... We'll go over Ray Fittipato's final 53-man roster projection as the Steelers' cuts are Tuesday, August 29th. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. It's the North Shore Drive podcast on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipaldo, our our esteemed Steelers beat writer here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We thank everyone for tuning in, whether you're doing so on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast, as well as all of our uh, as well as all of our content that comes out here from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. We want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar. Let, let me tell you about Mike's Beer Bar. It's my favorite place to go in the North Shore because you could go there whether you're in for a Steelers, Pirates, or Pit game on the North Shore. Mike's Beer Bar is great, is a great location right across the street from PNC Park and has the best selection of beer in town, as well as amazing food options with over 20 televisions where you can catch all your NFL, college football, Pirates, Penguins, Riverhounds, Premier League, any action that you want in sports, Mike's is going to have it for you there. And it went to enjoy it with that. You have over 500 different available beers, 300 of them being local beers and 80 of them being local beers on tap head over to mike's beer bar we'll have more on them later here ray wanted to talk to you about the steelers now that preseason is over and we can just kind of we can get start start actually looking towards the season even though it's still two weeks away here but we're looking at how the steelers um played in preseasons and, and i, I want to focus even more on the offense or so because the defense was always you know i think everyone was kind of confident the defense was going to be if not a great unit a very good unit but the offense the first especially the first team offense five drives five touchdowns kenny pickett looking efficient ray do you look at this as something that is translatable into the regular season because there are those out there that are saying well you know what the buccaneers and falcons they had their second teams out there that wasn't uh, they, you know that won't that won't be the work work against the 49ers is this something you see that that leads to results in the regular season 
I think so. I, I think you have to be um, – you take it with a grain of salt for a little bit for what you mentioned. You know, both the Buccaneers and the Falcons didn't play their starters. But, um, you know, I see – I saw it in practice every day up at Latrobe, Chris, and I know you did as well. Um, they were efficient up there. Uh, they held their own against the Steelers' defense um, for a lot of training camp. A little bit of a slow start up there, but really from that second week on, I thought the, the first-team offense was really good in training camp too. So, yes, I do think this will um, – it can translate to, to the regular season. Um, listen, is it going to happen in the 49ers game, one of the best defenses in the NFL? I don't know. You still might have to find a way to win a close game there, but I think – on the whole, when you look at it from the season, um, and what Matt Canada said on, on 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 Friday when he talked to the media, excuse me, on Saturday, uh, more experience up front. They're much better um, in that regard. And you have guys like George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. All those guys are more comfortable and making play. So when you add it all up, yeah, I, I do think we're going to see a better offense this season. But, of course, we got to wait to see what happens um, and we're going to see what happens two weeks from now with that 49ers game. I agree. I thought this was an interesting take that came out uh, late. Uh, I believe it was late Sunday night from Lewis Riddick of ESPN, former Pittman himself. And he said the he said people who are saying he's doing it against the twos as a tactic of taking down the efficiency and quality of technique that a player plays with is a surefire way of telling you that, that not to understand the nuance of the game and that you're in and that you have an inability to recognize quality, clean execution in that particular exposure, basically saying that like, if someone's minimizing what Kenny Pickett and what, so what, what people are doing, even though it's preseason, they're not understanding what's being taught here. And I think that's the bottom line here, Ray, is that and I've, I've said this a few times. This is it's not that Kenny Pickett's throwing touchdown, just that he's throwing touchdowns or just that the Steelers are scoring touchdowns. It's the process of how they're doing it, because you look at Kenny Pickett's throws that he's making. These aren't, you know, bumbling throws or wide open guys that he rolled out of the pocket and was just like, oh, he's wide open. I'm going to throw it to him. They were on schedule, on time within the within the concept of a play, well executed, well timed. Like that is exactly what you practiced for to get those results and not as much of a, of a scramble drill where it was Im Im improvised there. I think that is the most impressive part about this is that this is these are actual clean plays that the Steelers were getting off, and it looked almost routine with how well they were getting them off. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was a very clean um, preseason for the Steelers. You go back and look, um, you know, that first 10-play drive against the Buccaneers, they converted two third downs. Uh, they were very efficient on third downs in the preseason under Kenny Pickett. Uh, flawless, really, when you take a look at it. So um, that, that's another reason why I, I think it's translatable. If you want to flip it, Chris, and you want to say what if, I mean, let, let's bring that up. What happens uh, in the 49ers game mm. on September 10th where you get a three and out? How are you going to react to that adversity? Um, you know, what, are you, what do you have to clean up on the sidelines? What adjustments – do you have to make first one thing you, you you could take a look at here and it's not a criticism at all, but it's just how will you handle that adversity? How will you adjust on the sidelines? Because they really didn't face any of that in the preseason. So, you know, everything is positive now. We know it's not going to be that easy once the regular season gets here. But again, um, with the weapons that Kenny uh, Pickett has at his disposal with Matt Canada seemingly um, being on the same page with his players now. 
um, with them having an identity, a team identity, um, you know, I think it's going to be a, a, a much different start to 2023 than it was in 2022. I, I think so, so as well. One thing that, you know, that I, I kind of think back to is that it didn't matter if the Steelers were playing against the twos or whoever last preseason, they weren't moving the ball like like this, you know, Mitch Trubisky and that offense were levels behind this. And I, I think that's where I look at this is like, if nothing else, this offense is just going to be that much better than they were last year, which is all anyone's been looking for, but I think what the real question is, how much better will they be? Will they be a team that can be, you know, if they're scoring as efficiently as they were in the preseason, we're talking about one of the best offenses in the NFL. And I think that that is a little too far to go with it there. It's like, hey, there's going to be adversity. Teams are going to adjust to what they start to do when start to, what they start to put right. on tape. And there's going to be more back and forth there. But the fact that they were able to do this at all, like you said, if they would, if they weren't doing this, we'd be talking about how bad they were. If they, if they were three and three and outing all through preseason, that would be the story, and we'd be like, "Well, this is good. This is looking bad." But for the success that they've had, I think it's a sign that there's a potential for them to have a really big upside this season, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and if there's one thing we didn't see in the first two preseason games that we were able to see against the Falcons on Thursday night, it was the running game. And I know some big plays got them down close, but you saw Jalen Warren punch one in on a nice, tough run. Mm-hmm. You saw Najee Harris, too, and you saw Anthony McFarlane do it, too. So that was the one thing that we didn't see. Everyone was like, okay, you're supposed to be a running team, but we haven't seen the running game in the first two games. Uh, I think we saw enough of that, and I, I really like the way those those running backs ran. Ran hard, ran tough, got the tough inside yards, and that's what you're going to have to do if you're um, going to be a successful offense this season. Absolutely. And part of being a successful offense is having a successful offensive line. And the Steelers got rid of one of their offensive linemen via trade um, on uh, on on Sunday. We'll talk about the the trade departure of Kevin Dotson, what the trip, what the capital draft capital was that they got back for it and what it means for the Steelers moving forward. We'll also have Ray's final 53 man roster prediction as cuts are ahead this Tuesday on August 29th. All that and more here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipato. But first, before we do anything else, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar. And again, when I tell you that they're my favorite bar in Pittsburgh, they are my favorite bar in Pittsburgh. Just go to the North Shore and you'll see what I'm talking about. When you walk in there, I'm a guy who likes variety, and that's what Mike's brings with their beer selection of over 500 available beers. And I mean 500. Hundred available beers. There's that many there. 300 of them are local beers, and 80 of those are different local craft beers that you can get on tap at any point in time. You can also get a flight to try out every option that you could dream of, and trust me, you won't run out of favorites because I never do, and I'm always at Mike's checking out the new beers that they have that they have in stock. And if you want to try some great food there, too, you could do that with their steak on a stone option where you can get a steak of your choice. They'll bring it out on a heated stone, and it'll heat right in front of you. You cut a piece off, press it into the stone, and then you can get a steak, whether you like it rare, medium rare, medium well, whatever you whatever you like your steak to be cut by. Don't don't cook it well. Then you're crazy. Uh, but if you're, if you're enjoying steak, there's no better place to do that than at mike's beer bar where you're doing that and you're enjoying a choice selection of beers along with a lot of a lot of other great food options and again with over 20 televisions to enjoy whatever sport is on that night so come to mike's beer bar in the north shore and get your sports fix and experience the best bar in pittsburgh when you go tell them that chris sent you 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter with Ray Fittipato talking all things Pittsburgh Steelers this Monday morning. Now, Ray, we got to talk about the big news that came out Sunday night, and it was that Omar Khan and the Steelers made a move, but not to acquire a player, but to, but to acquire draft capital, and that was to move Kevin Dotson. They traded him to the Los Angeles Rams, so he's going out to the West Coast there, and they what they did was they didn't necessarily pick up new draft picks. They they swapped two draft picks with the Rams. They swapped in 2024. The Steelers get the Rams' fourth round pick while they give them their fifth round pick. And then 2025, they, they the Steelers get the Rams' fifth round pick and they give the Rams their sixth round pick. So essentially, what they did to, to get rid of Kevin Dotson, they basically turned a fifth round pick into a fourth round pick this upcoming draft and then a sixth round pick into a fifth round pick. So they've doubled up on those on those rounds uh, over, the, over the next couple seasons here. Ray, did this move make a whole lot of sense to you? Because, you know, in your roster projection that we'll get to here in a bit, you had Kevin Dotson on this on your final 53, and Kendrick Green is a guy that wouldn't be there. Uh, we'll get to the Kendrick Green aspect of this, but do you think that this is going to limit their uh, their flexibility in the backups that they have in the interior offensive line? Uh, no, I think quite the opposite, because one of the reasons Kevin Dotson lost value is because he, when he's not a starter – He's not really a guy that you're going to address on game days. He only plays guard. And as you know, Chris, when Nate Herbig is healthy, and that's another aspect of this deal that, that we should touch on, it seems like mm -hmm. that injury isn't going to linger for the next two weeks. He should be good to go if they made this move. Um, then there's just not a lot of value in keeping Kevin Dotson on your roster. Herbig is going to be the top backup at guard or center. You have Broderick Jones who will be the swing tackle. And then, you know, we could sit here and we could dissect who's going to be eight and nine. But, you know, right now, I think this is good news for guys like Spencer Anderson, um, perhaps Dylan Cook, perhaps Ryan McCollum. So they they, they did lose a, a guy with experience. He started all 17 games last season. But uh, to be honest with you, Chris, when when this Steelers offensive line is healthy, the starters, um, Kevin Rotson, Dotson just didn't have much of a role on game days. Yeah, I, I agree. And and again, finding finding draft capital here, and even though it's not necessarily getting more picks added, it's improving their picks over, over the next two seasons. You know, and with the Rams, I don't know what you rate. I don't expect the Rams to be that good this year, just the way that they're built and the way that they're they're in the NFC West. I, I could totally see that being a pretty high fourth round pick and, and maybe even an early pick on day three of the draft. So uh, that that could be a boost, and then again, you still have your your own natural fourth round pick, I believe, still for that season. So, um, you know that there's there's some draft capital that, that that they're getting there, and I think it's another sign that Omar Khan and Andy Weidel as a front office, they are okay making moves and not being not not just kind of staying stagnant with who they have 
trying to find extra capital to an extra room to make the moves that they need to make. And I, I think it's interesting to see that they're saying, Hey, instead of Kevin Dotson keeping around, cause this was his fourth year after this year, he was going to be a free agent unless they re-signed him. And as you, as you were pointing out, I don't think they would resign him if he was just a, if he was a backup guard, uh, unless it was for dirt cheap. Um, so instead of, you know, just naturally losing him to free agency, uh, getting actual draft compensation for him, I, I think there's a, that, that, that was, that was a pretty of a, a savvy move on their part. Yeah, there's a small financial aspect to it as well, Chris. He, he was due $3 million this year. So, um, you know, when you take into account the roster displacement, you know, you're basically picking up about $2 million in, in salary cap. Now, the Steelers don't need it, but it's always nice to have that cushion going into the regular season and then, of course, carrying it over um, if need be. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with Kevin Dotson. I assume if the Rams started for uh, traded for him, they're going to have him be a starter. So that that's good news for Kevin Dotson. He was a good pro here, but again, you, you sort of saw the writing on the wall when they uh, got Nate Herbig early. Then when they go out and get Isaac Samalu about a week later, they're just basically um, uh, you know uh, acquiring better players over him, and you knew his time eventually was going to be up with the Steelers. So. Good for Kevin Dotson that, uh, you know, he'll he'll remain as a starter likely, and uh, we'll see what happens with the Steelers. But uh, I think the Steelers are well positioned with their depth. Those guys will be taking his place, will be younger, less experienced, but obviously the Steelers like them or they wouldn't have, wouldn't have made this move. No, I, I I agree with that with that there, and you even pointed out, you know, when we got into OTAs and minicamp, uh, and when we started to talk to the Steelers, when we talked to Kevin Dotson, you know, he he's 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 told the media himself, like, hey, like when they acquired Herbig, he was told, like, hey, he's fine, that's not about him. But when right. they acquired Sayomalo, there was nothing said to him. It was just like a note, like, oh no, that is that is his replacement, and there was no there was no camp battle for that. It was just. That's Isaac Sayomalu's job now, but and but you see the results, Ray. I mean, in, in the in the blocking that we've seen, Isaac Sayomalu adds an extra dimension to the Steelers' offensive line that we haven't seen over the past few years. Yeah, and listen, Kevin Dotson's specialty coming into the league was supposed to be as a run blocker. You know, he, he's been okay in that regard, but he's not Isaac Sayomalu. I know you've seen the cutups on social mm-hmm. media of what Sayomalu's been doing. Um, especially Thursday night against the Falcons. Uh, he's just a really, really good football player, and he's going to elevate the play of guys around him as well. And, you know, that, that's that's the thing. Kevin Dotson, I think, was is was and is like a replacement-level player. But when you go out and get a guy like Sayamalu, um, he's just going to make – not only make you better at the left card position, but he's going to make you better at center. He's going to make you better at left tackle as well. So there's a big domino effect – there, there's a reason they're paying him eight million dollars a year, and uh, if he can stay healthy, it's going to be a great addition for the Steelers. I hear you on that. I want to talk more about your roster projection here in a second here, because I also want to hear what you, what, how, how this, how this trade impacts your decisions here as far as how you see the final Steelers fifty-three man roster gets gets decided, and uh, that happens again tomorrow, Tuesday, August 29th, when all NFL teams have to submit their official fifty-three man rosters. Uh, at least to start the season here. We'll get to that here in a minute on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipaldo, uh from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. But first, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you, also brought to you by Savinas Canaan Gallucci, mesothelioma and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas Kane and 
Gallucci. And also brought to you by GameTime.co. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And that's where GameTime is an app that you can download right to your phone to give you an easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. GameTime gives you killer deals on last-minute tickets with a best price guarantee that can't be beat so that you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. Again, download the GameTime app right to your phone, and it allows you to book tickets even up to the last minute with exclusive flash deals for all different events, whether there's football games, basketball games, baseball games, concerts comedy theater anything near you game time is most likely going to help you with and their best price guarantee is it means simply this if you find tickets tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else game game time will credit you a hundred and ten percent of the difference that's a significant uh fat factor there for their best price guarantee snag snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code pittpit for twenty dollars off your first purchase or go to their website gametime.co terms you can just apply create an account and redeem code pittpit for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipaldo, breaking things down here on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ray, want to get to your 53-man roster projection and talk about maybe some of the differences that you've that you've changed now that we're through preseason and training camp and we have a better idea of what the Steelers are actually going to do. But before we get into some of the bigger changes, I want to hear, so you picked here on your final projection here, and this was released before Sunday night, so there's no way that you could have known about the Kevin Dotson trade, but you had nine offensive linemen, Dan Moore, Isaac Sayamalo, Mason Cole, James Daniels, Chukuma Korfor, Broderick Jones, Nate Herbig, Kevin Dotson, and Spencer Anderson. With Kevin Dotson being out of that mix, do you still see it being nine guys? And if the, if there's nine, who is that ninth guy? Is it Green, McCollum, or Cook? Yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be an interesting decision. Um, I think they could go with eight now, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go with nine. You just mentioned the top seven, the starting five, and then, of course, Broderick Jones and Nate Herbig are your lock top seven right there. After that, you know, it does get interesting. And I, I think for the Steelers, when you're not only talking about your 53-man roster, but your 46-man game day roster, you got to get comfortable – with who your number three center is. So is that a guy like Spencer Anderson who's going to be – well, let's face it, he he took uh, snaps to center late in camp. I want to say the first two, three weeks he didn't take any snaps at all, but he did late in camp. So is he your number three or is Ryan McCollum going to be your number three? And do you go with that guy? I think Anderson's probably on the 53, but do you try to sneak McCollum onto the practice squad – and just sort of stash him there as your number three. So that's really what we're looking at here, sort of like number three center, number three guard, number three tackle. You know, the nice thing about Anderson, quite honestly, is he could be all three of those guys. He could be yeah. your third string center, he could be your third string guard, and he could be your third string tackle. So I, I, I know that's a lot to put on a rookie, but it's also the reason why he's so attractive to the Steelers. 
I, I hear you on that. I, I wonder if Kendrick Green will get this spot because they threw him in with the first team offense uh, in the early part of that Falcons game, uh, just playing right guard. And I was like, wait, what? 53's out there? It kind of caught me off guard because I was at home watching on, on television. And I was like, "Where? what the heck is going on here? And I wonder, I mean, they've been trying to make Kendrick Green a thing because I, I know they appreciate his athleticism with his ability to kind of, when he gets on the run, he gets on the run. And there is athleticism there, but it just hasn't manifested at center. Maybe the uh, maybe the, the ideal spot for him is just not having to snap the ball and playing his natural college position that he played at Illinois. Yeah, and he, you know, I, I did watch him closely in that Falcons game. He did play better. Yeah. I, I think, you know, one of the reasons he struggles a lot at center is sometimes when you're snapping, it's hard to get your your arms up and pass protection when there's a, you know, 320-pound nose guard who's right on top of you. So, um, you know, I think that was part of the issue. He did look more comfortable, at least in pass protection as a guard. So, yeah, I mean, Chris, if they can get comfortable with that um, – doesn't necessarily have to dress on game days, but he could be your number three guard. He could be your fullback if you really wanted to hammer some people. Um, maybe, maybe he only dresses for certain games. Maybe he's part of a package where you use him. But, uh, yeah, I do think with Kevin Dotson's departure, uh, the odds did increase that Ke- Kendrick Green could make this roster. I'm not 100% convinced that he will, but it certainly opened the door for him more than it was before. Ray, one of the changes I, I, I noticed right away with your roster projection, in your initial roster projection, you had just two running backs with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. This time, you've, you've added Anthony McFarland here. What was the change that you kind of made to make space for a third running back here? Because you also kept all four tight ends with Fry and Ruth Gentry, Gentry, Washington, and Hayward. Yeah, it was basically just having one fewer defensive back um, mm. and, and then one more running back. Um, and then, of course, you know, Chris, with the 53 that they're going to announce on Tuesday, that will not be their 53. That right. They take into it the always season. changes. So there's probably going to be another trade. There's probably going to be two or three waiver wire pickups. So, yeah, they will juggle that uh, that roster from Tuesday, quite honestly, all the way up until the next Friday. Um, you know, they'll have about seven to ten days to, to sort of, uh, you know, play with that. So. Uh, you know, I'm not 100% convinced that McFarland's going to be on this team. I uh, thought it was really interesting that Hayward got a bunch of carries in that game as well. That kind of went back to my my original point of only having two running backs on the roster. But that was just like, hey, if you want to be traditional and you want to go with three running backs and you don't want to take that risk going into the season, I think McFarland um, at the very least earned being the number three running back on this team. We'll see what happens Tuesday and whether they believe he's earned the right to be on the 53-man roster. I, I hear you on that. Um, what are some other big changes that you had here or just things that you that, that you kind of changed your mind on with how they're going to use the rest, of, the rest of their spots on this roster? Yeah, I mean, just James Pierre. I, I don't think he played well enough to be on this 53-man roster mm. throughout the preseason. I understand that he does bring some value on special teams, but I think there's also a need to have a quality number four corner on this roster come the regular season. Because if quite honestly, Chris, if they have an injury to either Joey Porter Jr., Patrick Peterson, or Levi Wallace, it's going to put a big stress on on your secondary and what you can do as a defensive coaching staff. So I don't know if uh, that's going to come via a trade. I don't know if they could upgrade via the waiver wire, but um, I, I just thought it was below the line this, this summer for James Pierre He's been here for a while. You kind of know 
who he is, what he brings to the secondary, then I just think they could upgrade there. I, I, I hear you on that. Um, looking around here, on the defensive line, you, you, you have Cam Hayward, Larry Gunjobi, Keanu Neal, uh, or Keanu Benton, excuse me, Isaiah Loudermilk, DeMarvin Leal. All those are standard guys. Montrevious Adams also. But you have Armin Watts over uh, Braden Fajoko. Has, has Fajoko not done enough for you to suggest that he might be their, their last off defensive lineman that they pick here? Because, again, I think that he brings the he brings the oomph when, when they come to, to run stuffing power. And I think in a way that some of these other guys don't. But Armin Watts does maybe offer you a little bit more flexibility if you wanted to move him around. Yeah, that's what it comes down to, just the versatility. And um, the reason I didn't go with Fehoko, quite honestly, they, they could keep him on the team. I just didn't see him take a lot of reps with the ones in practice or in games. I mean, it just they were few and far between. So usually you like to get a guy like that out there with guys he's going to be playing with. And I just didn't really see a lot of that um, here this summer. The one interesting thing that, that I'll bring up, um, and I don't know if this is going to play into it or not, but Kevin Dawson was a Colbert draft pick. Isaiah Loudermilk was a Colbert draft pick. Could they be trying to deal a guy like Loudermilk? And then if they do, hmm. uh, could you get more draft capital in return? And then, of course, you could keep Fehoko, Watts, and Adams. You know, you, you could certainly do that. Or could you trade a guy like Mon- Montrevious Adams? Another Colbert era um, uh, acquisition. acquisition. They, yeah. they, they signed him off the Saints practice squad late in the 2021 season. So I just keep going back to these Con Weidel guys versus these Colbert guys. And I think slowly but surely you're seeing the Colbert guys moved off the roster in favor of some guys, the draft picks and the free agents that uh, Andy Weidel wants on this football team. And of course, not all the Colbert guys, because, you know, TJ Watt and Alex Eisman, those guys are pretty good. But the fringe, the fringe guys. Yeah. Right, but the fringe guys, the guy like you're like you're pointing out here, these are guys who don't necessarily have a long-term spot on the roster. They're the guys that they're trying to say, hey, can we improve this roster by improving these 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 positions and where they are in the depth chart here? I do think it is it's interesting that they've moved on for quite from quite a few of them already, and it's only been a year. So uh certainly seen that. We've seen a lot of of preseason hype from what the Steelers have done. Uh they will be back in they will be back in practice this week. We'll have our reporters on the scene there. So follow all of their great coverage at post-gazette.com to keep up with all things Steelers Steelers practices as they get ready for the season opener against the San Francisco 49ers, I believe on September 10th, the first home opener the Steelers have had since uh, 2014 when they hosted the Cleveland Browns. He's Ray Fittipaldo. Find him his work at post-gazette.com. Ray, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you all for joining us here on the North Shore Drive podcast, a Monday episode here. Uh, remember, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of the Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast, as well as the daily content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette Sports Department. We'll be back Wednesday with another episode here from the North Shore Drive podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.